0: Can
1: he wind up? Smashes it hard, left. Oh, he's done it again! What a catch! <laughs> <laughs> he's done it once, he's done it twice. Look at
2: the is. He's had a quiet
3: It was there to hit and did he hit it, he absolutely wow. grieved him, what a catch, Saves 60 metres away, he only had to move a couple of metres, had to dive again, does the limbo, just rocking it like David Hasselhoff in Baywatch and why not?
1: For the first time in 2021, it is a very warm welcome to the Cricket Library Weekly. My name is Matt Ellis, and joining me, as always, Robbie McKinlay. Welcome back for 2021.
2: Welcome back to you, Matt. Welcome back to all our listeners. And the excitement builds, doesn't it, in and around about halfway through the BBL, and we are one all in the test match. So... Oh, Maddie, I've enjoyed the first half. Let's hope we can complete the second half of the season because there's plenty on offer.
1: Oh, there's so much to look forward to in the coming months in the Australian cricket summer. There's been a few changes to schedules already. The WNCL uh, has had some changes there. Looking forward to that getting up and running. And, of course... The Big Bash is in full swing. We're halfway through. We like the look of the ladder still, Robbie. And I, I like the the sound of our guest today. Massive news for Cricket Library Weekly fans. We have a massive coup to start the year. Trent Woodhill caught up with you, Robbie, earlier in the week. And I reckon this chat's so good, we need to put it right up the front of the show. Yeah, why not?
2: And there's uh, some... Fantastic insight. So as we know, uh, Trent is always into innovation, whether it's through his fielding or his batting coaching. But um, I'm a big fan of what he's um, where he's coming from here because he's trying to he's trying to stay ahead of the game, which is really good and and invigorating and uh, just capturing the audience. And that's what it's all about, particularly when it comes to BBL and WBBL.
1: And certainly his credentials as a batting coach noted around the world for his work with some of the the best in the business. So a real cricket brain, some wonderful insights coming up and and we're going to get into that chat straight away. And after that, of of course, Robbie, we're planning on looking at our votes in the Cricket Library Mm. weekly medal. Uh, I've got those votes come through and. We'll we'll run our eyes over those and a very interesting Matt's mailbag coming up as well. So without any further ado, here's Robbie McKinley catching up with Trent Woodhill.
0: Well, what a great delight it is to have join us on the Cricket Library Weekly, one of the real movers and shakers in world cricket, a man who has had a huge input into the upcoming, well, let's hope it happens, the 100 competition in English cricket and also the recent innovations into the BBL. He also happens to be the coach of the Melbourne Stars WBBL side, the BBL Global Acquisition Manager and an all-around good guy. It is a very warm welcome to Trent Woodhill.
3: G'day, Robbie. Thanks for having me, mate.
0: Oh, Trent, mate, we are delighted to have you on the Cricket Library Weekly. And, um, hey, mate, before we get into what's happening in the BBL at the moment, because I'm a massive fan of the um, new innovations that you've been a, played a big part of, be keen to get your reflections just looking back onto the WBBL. I thought it was uh, not only a, such a successful uh, tournament for you and the Melbourne Stars, but just the, the women's game in general just continues to grow. Yeah, so
3: the WBBL was awesome, and I think... Hub Life really suited the Melbourne Stars and the Sydney Thunder. And I think that reflected on the, the two best teams ending up uh, being in the final. But, it, yeah, women's cricket's on the move and each year it gets better and better.
0: Hey, Trent, just on that, mate, um, what did you implement with Hub Life um, and um, and what did you observe from, say, Sydney Thunder as well to make it, you know, to make them really acclimatise so well?
3: I, I just think we decided early on that we were going to enjoy – the the nuances of hub life so we we celebrated that really early in the piece so i think after uh maybe the first game or prior to the first game we had a we had a big night we had we, we sort of had some alcohol some parties some fun and just just decided that we were going to get to know each other accept each other for who we are and really try to to bring out each other's personalities uh, and that then didn't require outside influence or outside help and it didn't require us to to necessarily mingle with other other groups, other teams, or pine for what was on the other side of the fence. So halfway through the tournament, we were we were actually enjoying our little um, opportunities to to socialise with ourselves, um, and that then grew as the, as there was more uh, restrictions were lifted. Then we, we were um, socialising together still and, and being able to get out of the hub together yeah. rather than in, in individual small groups. So that then flowed over to the, the field where. It was it was one of express yourself, enjoy yourself, um, you know, no regrets, go hard, no no apologies, and we saw some amazing performances from from a lot of the players.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with that. I've I did find, must admit, um, it was always an enjoyable day uh, calling the action when the uh, the stars were in action and uh, some of the players there. Trent, obviously, um, Mignon Dupree is a player. I know you're a, a massive fan of Mignon. and um, just her. I, I thought her outlook. And the way she presented herself, the way she plays, actually typified exactly what you spoke about there about the Melbourne Stars.
3: Yeah, there's someone, you know, 31-year-old player at the the peak of their game, but still apologetic for performance or shot selection. And and I I think um, it really hit home to many that I wanted her to go out there and hunt boundaries, um, chase the bowling and not worried about making mistakes. And we saw with her how often... You know, Villani or Lanning would would get out. She come in and hit a, fir- hit a hit a four in, in one of the first um, two or three balls that she faced, which would then take uh, swing the momentum back to the batting side, and and she never really allowed the opposition bowling units to settle. Um, and that and and she just really enjoyed that, and and she became that sort of heartbeat of the batting lineup where uh, Megan Elise uh, Vellani were, were, were really comfortable and confident to chase the bowling, knowing that they had many. To come in and and continue to do that, and likewise, you know, with Nat Sciver and and Belzy and Annabel Sutherland at four and five, mini um, mini was just that that person in the middle who who summed up the game really quickly and encouraged the others to continue to chase the bowling, which is good.
0: Yeah, and, and Trent on that too. Obviously, it was a great achievement too for for you and the Stars. First time you've actually got into the playoffs and to get through to the final too. And and we know the nature of T Twenty cricket. Uh, it doesn't take much to change the momentum. of The game, you, I would say, the club would be very proud of their achievements.
3: Yeah, they were, and I, I, I kept ramming home to the girls that I don't want apologies. I, I don't, I don't hear many apologies in the men's game, and that's not a that's not a criticism of the men's game. But but um, in the in the in the female arena, I hear a lot of "Oh, sorry, I shouldn't have done that," or yep. "I'm sorry, to let you down," or or oh, sorry." And I just made sure I, I didn't want to hear an apology and. I wanted them to go hard and if, if they didn't execute, then we'll we'll continue to to, to um work on their execution in the nets. If they made a bad decision, we just discussed you know what what the thinking was, but I never wanted to hear them say sorry for 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 you know being professionals and enjoying their cricket. And you know, and that was sort of evident in the final. Um, you know, we we didn't have our best game, but I, I felt the thunder won that game rather than stars losing it. Yeah. My, my speech to the girls afterwards was, you know, no apologies. We gave it our all. We've had a great tournament, the most successful tournament by the women's stars team. Let's make sure that we we take home all the po- positives rather than dwell. Um, and that's that's the next that's the next standard for, for women's cricket is to continue to push and 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 strive for more flair, more power, you know, more more aggression with, with their cricket without fear of or without guilt and, and without feeling like they they need to. Um, um you know back up or make excuses for what they've done and and that's that's was pivotal to the stars campaign
0: yeah fantastic and trent just on that so the bbls almost hit the halfway point of the season and we have seen the uh the, the new innovations i'm a, unashamedly a massive fan of them uh, the power surges the bonus point the x factor um trent you played a big part in uh, pushing this along and uh I'd love to get your thoughts on how you see it playing out so far halfway through.
3: I think the power surge has been a game changer. Um, I I, I was involved in over 300 T20 matches across the world, and I I always got frustrated by overs overs 7 to to 14. And and that changed. A good Gabba wicket or a good Chinnaswamy wicket or a good... Wayne ketty Stadium wicket, you, the games would go – you know, teams would chase the bowling for 20 overs straight. But what, what tends, tends to happen in most games is that between those – in those middle overs, batters just kick the ball around, mm. trying to hold on to wickets to set up for the for the, the death overs or the slog overs, as they call them in India. And it, it becomes a bit boring. And what the surge has done and the bash bonus point, it's meant that there's, there's a, a natural – um, a peak in that ten over mark where teams have to, have to go harder to set it a decent total, or they're chasing, they're chasing it for a bash bonus point. And then likewise, after that ten over, you get a power surge of two overs, which is, enables middle order players um, and middle to lower order players the luxury of, of chasing the bowling with only two out. And we're seeing, you know, whether it was the forty nine, um, I think the stars got off that off that um, power surge yeah. too. But likewise, teams who have messed it up and only got four or five runs and lost a couple of wickets—it's—it brings a—it brings a narrative that that fans haven't been used to, and, and it's now got them glued to their seats, and 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 also, and just as importantly, commentators now have have more um, discussion points around what's going to happen between those uh, in those middle overs, and I think so far it's it's, it's worked a treat. Uh,
0: um, absolutely, and and Trent, last night we're recording this on a. A Tuesday morning, um, yep. and last night we saw the Brisbane Heat uh, with their uh, X Factor. They're able to play Chris Lynn, where, under normal circumstances, one of the greatest players to play the game, T20 game in Australia, we wouldn't have seen him. But here he was last night whacking him over the fence. Yeah, 30 off,
3: 15, you know, that, that's an X Factor with what was it, three sixes, I think. Yep. And... Yeah, Chris Lynn hit over 150 Big Bash sixes, and, and if he missed out on playing last night because his hamstring was 50/50, or, or couldn't cope with 20 overs in the field, it would have been a great shame. So full credit to, to Darren Lehman and Chris Lynn and the Brisbane Heat um, squad for for using using the X factor in that way. And um, yeah, he and he was an X factor last night. He, he got the Heat chase off to a to a great start, and having to only field for 10 overs meant that. There wasn't the same strain on his body, which you know, which probably guarantees he backs up next game as well.
0: Yeah, and with that, Trent, does that maybe open up the opportunity for some other players who may have already retired, who are retired from last year, but under this uh, under this new um, innovation, we could still see those players playing the game, and the kids want to see them. We all want to see them for a couple of years longer.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually, full. I'm not interested in the fielding of Brad Hodge, Shane Watson, or uh, Chris Gale. Those three guys uh, were three of the, the best T20 players ever. They, they All three would be in the top 10. Uh, and, and, you know, in Gale's case, he's still playing. But, but if, you know, if there's an opportunity where you can still get the, these guys to, to, to be in a contest with bowlers but don't have to feel, then I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Hey, hey mate, before we let you go, um, I'd love to get just your thoughts ahead of the third Test match, starting at SCG, in a couple of days' time, obviously, one all. Plenty happening in and around the whole you know thing, obviously, with COVID. But how have you seen the first two test matches?
3: I think two evenly matched bowling units. Um, you know, like that, that quartet of Australian cricket, uh, Australian bowlers, is is equal to whatever Australian cricket is produced. Um, the, the three quicks with with Nathan Lyon are, are superb. And, but on the other side of the fence, um, you know, the Indian quicks and, um, you know, Ashwin and Jadeja they 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 a bowling unit that's equal to the Australians at the moment in Australian conditions and and it, you know it's pretty pretty obvious that the team that bats best in the next two test matches is probably going to win the mm. win the test series and it's great that there's you know there's such a contest uh you know it's 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 really good to watch you know and I love it in test cricket when the ball tends to dominate because yep. then someone will play out of their skin and and they'll produce an innings that you just look back on and think wow that's that's changed the game so it's yeah, it's it's delicately, delicately poised, and I'm, I'm really not sure who's going to come out and top.
0: No, I tend to agree with you, mate. I think yeah, whoever bats best is going to win hopefully this. The, hopefully the schedule stays the same. They get up to Brisbane. Um, yeah. But, well, mate, great to catch up. Um, I, I love the work, uh, The uh, with the, what's happened with the BBL. As I said before, thoroughly enjoyed your work you did with the Melbourne Stars. They certainly were a happy, entertaining unit, and, and that's what it's all about, mate.
3: Thank you very much. Appreciate it. G'day guys, it's Trent Woodhill here, and you are listening to the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie McKinley and Matt Ellis.
1: A massive thanks to Trent Woodhill there for catching up with you, Robbie McKinlay. What wonderful innovations that he has been working on behind the scenes and What a great job he did as coach of the Melbourne Stars in the WBBL. I loved his analysis there of the final, how he he said the Melbourne Stars didn't really lose the game, the Thunder won the game, and that he wanted no apologies from his players. I really think that was a, a great attitude to have, given the campaign that they had, a highly successful campaign for the Melbourne Stars in the WBBL, and it finished with a... Uh, a disappointing result in the final, but the way they conducted themselves throughout and the way they played throughout was absolutely outstanding.
2: Yeah, correct, Matt. It was um, the thing I noticed um, being up there and broadcasting a lot of the games that uh, yeah, they were a very happy unit, and you can pick it with the Thunder as well. So, they, yeah, Trent did allude to some of the practices they put in place there, but they nailed it with Light. And, um, yeah, I, I must admit I've, I thoroughly enjoyed watching them play. I suppose any team's got Meg Lanning in it and then um, Mignon Dupree following up, you know, Annabelle Sutherland uh, and the list goes on. So, yep. Yeah, and also, interesting, I think, uh, just reading between the lines there, Matt, Trent also has some good visions around WBBL and how they need to continue to progress um, innovation with that game because, um, yeah, it's the girls' chance that they uh, the game is just improving so much and growing so much that, yeah, it, it, it might just need a few little tweaks just to keep it keep it uh, at that pace. But, um, yeah, great chat, isn't he? He's a great guy, Trent Hill.
1: And we have been enjoying the innovations in the Big Bash. We're unashamedly uh, supportive of that. And what a couple of weeks we've had. Now, it's time for us to reveal – where things are up to in the voting for the Cricket Library Weekly Medal. Now, this is an unofficial medal. This isn't sanctioned, uh, other, other than by the Cricket Library itself. Uh, but we've been we've been tallying up the votes. Uh, and would you believe, Robbie? Now, I've I faxed through the um, the running tally for you. I think I sent you through the top thirty-four. Now, I'm shocked that. One of the fledgling teams of the competition actually has the leading player in our votes. S. E. Marsh, leader of the pack in the Cricket Library medal votes.
2: Incredible, Matt, isn't it? And in fact, just looking at that list that um, Jack from the Cricket Library has provided us, he's the only renegade player in the top thirty-four. Just a question, I'm, uh, sorry, it's a question about notice, Matt, and I'm not sure if Jack could have a look at this, but has in fact any other renegade player hold a vote?
1: Yeah, I've got, the, I've got the official spreadsheet in front of me here, and I can confirm that renegades are, are very light on, <laughs> on the list, but it's not all bad news for them. We've got J.A. Prestwich, uh, two votes. Kw Richardson two votes, and I think i just scrolling through here. Yeah, Sb Harper has got some oh, yeah. votes, but I'm just I'm pretty sure he's on two votes as well. Uh, just my eyesight not favouring me at the moment, and of course Jk Layla got one vote in their in their win in the mm. first game of the season, so it. Interesting to note that there's no overseas players from the Renegades polling any votes there and that can sometimes be an indication that uh they're not they're not delivering those match winning performances that you'd hope from your overseas players.
2: Yeah. I, there has been a big hasn't a big big problem with them, but Matty, the thing that's interesting to me it is very tightly bunched here at roughly the halfway mark. Just to go through, let's say the top five or six. Sean Marsh on seven votes. Alex Hales from Thunder on six votes. Glenn Maxwell stars six votes. Marcus Stoinis with six votes from the stars. Josh Philippi also on six. So, and then you have another group of players. I think there's another eight, but further one vote behind. So, the um, inaugural Cricket Library Weekly Medal is certainly up for grabs. And um, Sean Marsh, of course, missed the game. Most recent game for the Renegades because he um, had the birth of a, I think his third child yeah. on his race. so he um he went out, went and did the family thing and well done to Sean Marsh and good luck to everyone involved there at the Marsh family. Um, you're not see another left-handed bat for Australia, male or female. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> and wouldn't it, Justin. I, I, I tell you what, a happy time for Sean Marsh. Uh, new arrival on the way, and of course, topping the tally on the CLW medal votes. life Life's going pretty well for him at the moment. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Matt, and, I must admit, I'm a little bit surprised. One of your favourites, I thought, being a favourite of the uh, Cricket Library VR Sam's just with the three votes. I thought, um, uh, you know, the insiders there might have been able to hold a few more votes. But I think it's been a pretty even performance so far from Sydney Thunder. Uh,
1: Rumour has it that Matt Fiction... Uh, <laughs> I don't wanna give away too many in house secrets here. But mm. but Matt Fiction was pushing very strongly for Daniel Sams to have a lot more than the three votes that he's garnered so far. Shocked me. And interestingly, Tanvir Sanger on four votes. Um yeah. there's been there's been a strong push for him to have more votes as well. But um common sense is prevailing and there's a this has been done as a, as objectively as we possibly can. So, yep. uh, Sean Marsh, well done. He's in the lead and he's having a few games off. So, there's a chance for other players to catch up there. Interestingly, the bowlers not doing as well as the batters in, in the overall standings. Mujib, mm. the highest-ranked bowler, hasn't he been a, an absolute standout for the Brisbane Heat with the ball? Rashid Khan, of course, he's, he's polling very well also. Daniel Christian's another one. He's done work with bat and ball and another player I've really liked uh, sending them down this season is J.A. Richardson from the Scorchers. Yeah. Him fully fits. He is just one of the most exciting prospects going around Jai Richardson and really good to see him making an impact with the Scorchers and another one that's that's done really well for the Stars and and his votes probably reflecting the fact that he's missed a couple of games but – Nathan Coulter-Nile is one that will have an impact in the tournament as well. He's played very well for the stars in the games that he has been available. Well, Robbie, we're going to take a quick break. We've got a haiku poem coming up, which I'm sure that everyone will enjoy. Who doesn't love a good haiku poem? And then it's time for Matt's mailbag. Yeah, it's an interesting one too. It's
2: one that I'm not... I'm surprised it's taken this long to come up because it's, uh, without giving too much away, it's uh, a very big part of yours and the Cricket Library's day-to-day
1: operations. It certainly is. It certainly is. I'm looking forward to expanding uh, on, on this question. But first, of course, it's Matt Fiction and his weekly haiku poem. Enjoy. Ooh ah Glenn McGrath, a wicket-taking machine, Naramine Express?
2: Well, hasn't he done it again? He never fails to disappoint Matt Fiction. I've, uh, I've
1: actually heard he's working on a book at the <laughs> moment, Matt Fiction. I can't... Yeah. I, I, I probably... I'm probably speaking out of school here, but I have actually seen him uh, handwriting a book. He he'd heard about Stephen War writing his autobiography and exercise books. Oh no! And so I've seen him. Uh, oh he's, no. he's got these. Um, they're sort of black. They look a bit like a diary. A bit like you'd see the, you know, the coaches in the dugout at the the cricket. They don't have. They can't have their laptops or anything down there. So they they often have a have a book yep. that they write notes yep. in. Justin Langer has one. I've seen David Hussey using one as well. Uh very popular among the coaches. But Matt Fiction's got one that's cricket library branded and he is forever writing in this book, Robbie. So I don't know if mm. it's his I don't know if it's his player of the year votes he writes down in there. But the rumour is he is actually working on a book. So Keep your eye out for well, that. That's that's that could be cutting edge stuff coming from Matt Fiction there.
2: Would it be a kid book or a
1: I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, no, let's, let's wait
1: and see, eh? Oh, he's an interesting character around Map Fiction. Well, uh speaking yeah. of speaking of interesting, Matt's mailbag is back and there's some in from Aubrey. And I just while we're on Aubrey, Aubrey on the, the New South Wales side of the border. I'd like more of our Albury people to be tuning in because uh, looking at the analytics of this podcast and where it's downloaded, in the in the first week of 2021, Victoria have been smashing New South Wales in the downloads. Wow. So, well done, Victoria. Thank you for all your support. I really appreciate uh, people the other side of the border tuning in, but come on, New South Wales. Mm. Okay, I'll, Matt, leave that with me. Oh, I'm a bit That's shocked. That. Like it's, it's, it's more than two to one in favour of yeah, okay. a, a Victoria yeah. in the – in the uh, whereas traditionally New South Wales is our biggest audience. So it probably hey, shows fair, that Matt, things are growing a little bit.
2: Yeah, to be fair, there's not much to do in Victoria. <laughs> oh, <right. Yeah. laughs> Sorry. Oh, Sorry. Those numbers <laughs> have just fallen down. No, no.
1: There's been a big dive in numbers from Victoria.
2: There's, there's good banter on the border, always is. Uh,
1: very good. Now, ha- have you got a question there for us, Robbie? I believe one's come through.
2: Yeah, and actually, Matt, this is on the back of, too. I know that's just something that you might just want to quickly mention before I um, go to Matt's mailbag. Um, the pink test match in Sydney, which has oh, been a real... good is it? It's, it's been a real innovation theme uh, this episode. So do you want to... tell us, And you still have time to do this about Matt, how you can... Still, virtually go to the SCG pink
1: test. Yeah. Now I saw this uh, yesterday, and Matt Fiction was straight on board with this. I've only I've only just got onto it today, but the McGrath Foundation uh, have got an initiative whereby you can purchase a virtual seat at the SCG, yeah. and uh, yesterday Matt Fiction jumped on board, but also. Former Australian cricketer, Belinda Clark, jumped on board. And what I liked about her virtual ticket is she actually included her middle initial. Ah. So she like so what happens is you uh, just so you can understand the process, you go to pinktest.com.au. That's where you uh, that's the website. So pinktest.com.au, jump on there and you can purchase your virtual ticket, and then you get this nice little uh, photograph saying, I bought my virtual pink seats. And Belinda Clark has put Belinda J. Clark. Love it. And on the back of this, Lisa Stilaika has jumped in, and she's gone Lisa C. Stalaker. So yeah. I, I've just stuck with MJ Ellis personally, but I'm loving that people are incorporating their middle initials and supporting the McGrath Foundation at the same time.
2: Well, that is a magnificent segue into our Matt's mailbag because, Matt, in the mail today, not today, sorry, yesterday arrived. Yeah. Dear, now there's a bit of a clue here. Dear MJ Ellis and RB McKinley. Okay. You're getting the drift here. I'm... Um, Hi, guys. I really enjoy the podcast. There's been something that has been playing on my mind for quite a while. I, fo- I like to follow the Cricket Library on socials as well as Quiet Cordial, which is you, MJ Ellis. Yeah,
1: yeah, at Quiet Cordial. Nice little plug there.
2: And I do re- notice that whenever you're referring to most people, particularly sports people and particularly cricketers, you always use their full initial which is something I like like GG Bradman yeah okay so MJ Ellis would you be able to explain uh, where this originated from and uh, it's obviously it's something that you are passionate about love Kathy in Aubrey
1: that's a very good question Kathy and it, it's interesting that it's come up now actually because I was watching the big bash well i oh, Another side point. My nine-year-old at home, he has been writing a list down of every person who's ever played Big Bash, and he's going through all the all the clubs. And, no way. Yeah, and he's he's got a big he's got a big um. It's classic uh, school holiday thing. So he had an art diary uh for his school work, and and so there were at the end of the school year, you get your book sent home and. There's obviously blank pages in the book so he's utilizing some of these blank pages and he's he is writing a list of every single bbl player using their initials not their full names and i'm thinking how good is this am i i'm doing something right as a parent if i if if if, if my son's doing that anyway um we were watching the big bash the other night and he said oh dad how come on the scorecards they only have the players' first initial, so that's a very good question because mm. the re- the reason the reason why I like the initials is uh, growing up in watching cricket in the eighties, early nineties. Uh, the Nine Network used to have the scorecards up with yep. with the player initials, so it'd be G.R. Marsh opening with D.C. Boone, and then uh, D.M. Jones would come in at three. A.R. Border would be in there, and and this continued. Throughout and and with cricket teams I captained at school, we took it on board. We would call yeah. we would call each other by our initials, and yeah. it just stuck. It was just really good fun, and and we all all really got around the concept. And it's something that you see some commentators do it these days. Like a Mark Howard's really good at it. He'll he'll refer to a player like Tim Payne. If Tim Payne does something good, he'll refer to him as TD Payne. Um, yeah. And I think it's a term of endearment. I think it says if, like, the greatest cricketer that ever ever lived, Donald George Bradman, everyone knows that it's D.G. Bradman. I yeah. think if someone knows your middle initial, it says to me that you've made it in life. I don't know. Is, well, is that going too far?
2: No, no. <laughs> no, no. Well, I just but that is a great answer, and I'm sure that's um, that's that satisfied um from Albridge inquiry so Matt just a quick one on that you said you, when you have captain side so on a Thursday night and if you were reading out the side to play on Saturday um, would you re- would, when you're reading going through the list would you refer to give every player their initial then uh,
1: undoubtedly and I I once yeah. I I once had a an indoor cricket team which I played in the, and captained as well uh, where Every single player, except for two, had a middle name of either John or James. Okay. <laughs> and 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 uh, we had we had two other players that played, and one of them asked if he could uh, take on the J initial, even though his middle initial was really L. He he was feeling left <laughs> out with a middle initial L. <laughs> but go uh, yes, and it's funny. Like this was this was twenty five years ago robbie and and yeah. I st- and I could yeah. still rattle off middle initials of guys I went to school with um yeah. which is yeah. uh, maybe a problem that I need to <laughs> that i that I need to sort out but I'd just love to see like if anyone's listening from fox or or seven cricket or even a b c grandstand, could we like even just give it a trial run yeah. Could yep, we have like odd. we've got we've got different things that we we have um, incorporated into the game, but could we have a middle initial round? Yeah,
2: no, I, I think you're onto something, there, Matt. And I, it's something I know. I grew up when I was first looking at scorecards from Test matches back, you know, from the early, from the very first ones right through to the, before World War Two, looking at old scorecards, and they were very. they'd always have, you know the mention. Now, Matt, I'll probably at you here. We all know that Glenn McGrath is famous for being able to um, recollect a wicket he takes, right? So if I said to um, uh, Glenn McGrath, and I know you would use his middle.
1: GD GD McGrath. GD McGrath,
2: thank you. Uh, If I said, okay, uh, GD McGrath, who was your 456 wickets, he would do that. If I was to say to you, and again, this is a question about notice, for example, if I said, um, picked out of the player. And I said, say, uh, Bob Simpson. What was Bob Simpson's middle, uh, middle initial? Would uh, you would you be
1: uh, able to... Say RB Simpson, yeah.
2: There you go. All right. Well, let's say another one. Say Kim Hughes. KJ Hughes. Okay. But obviously, DK Lily. Let's go another one. Uh, Ashley Mallet.
1: I think he's AA Mallet. I'm Is not a 100% on maybe that. Maybe Anthony.
2: So there you go. So that's something... Um and. That, well, there you go, Matt. It is something I have detected with you that it does. I, I shake. I just amaze at times, even with fellow staff members of Cricket New South Wales. <laughs> uh, you know, let, let's say our CEO Lee Jamon,
1: LK Jamon, yeah, LK Jamon.
2: Right. Um, the, the leader of Community Cricket, Ivan Spurs.
1: Oh, that is one that I haven't cracked. <laughs> I, oh, oh, I've oh. not. I've not well, cracked not. that code yet. That's a code probably that not great is. a
2: career is... move, mate. No,
1: it's probably not. It's probably not. <laughs> well, but
2: there you go. Look, it's that is a great discussion point. And hey, Matt, not only can you use it on the sporting field, you can use it anywhere. Use it in oh. your office. You don't have to be involved in sports to do it. Get on board.
1: Can I, can I just give a quick uh, shout out to Daniel Worrell? Yes, yeah. my son. Sent, my son sends fan mail to players in the BBL, so yep. uh, we collect the cricket cards. Uh, He's sp- he spent a lot of time during the during the lockdown period doing this actually, where he he'd write he'd write letters to the players via their local cricket association. <laughs> on, on on the envelope that came back from Daniel Worrell, the return address was D J Worrell. And then the address, and I just no. thought, Daniel Worrell, you are instilling. Yep, he's reinforcing. He was reinforcing uh, my love of middle initials, and 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 when my son got the envelope, he's like, "Oh, DJ Worrell, how good's this?" He was he, he was <laughs> loving it. So yeah, yeah We'll
2: play DJ Worrell.
1: Little tick there, but Robbie, we are out of time. We're probably over time. Uh, yeah. So we we'd better we'd better keep moving. A massive thanks to Trent Woodhill once again, very appreciative of him sharing his insights with us on the Cricket Library Weekly. Thank you to you, Robbie, for tracking that one down for us. And a massive thanks to all of our loyal listeners, our regular listeners. Uh, we We love having you on board. We appreciate the engagement that you're giving us and we look forward to catching up with you again next week and we'll do it all again. Hopefully we'll have... Some very exciting test cricket to review. Mm. And hopefully an Australian victory, if I can say that. Uh, apologies to all of our Indian listeners, but I'm, I'm gunning for Australia in that one. That This has been Matt Ellis and Robbie McKinlay for the Cricket Library Weekly. Bye for now.